Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yep, it's far down breakdown, and guess what? Um, <laughs> I think this is the most amount of people we've ever had on the show <laughs> once <laughs> into it because we have all of glimmers. We've got all oh. of the glimmers. <laughs> um, so, uh, really excited to have you guys. Um, I guess real quick uh, for those of uh, us that won't be watching this on the YouTube and that will be listening to it uh, the way that you normally listen to podcasts. Uh, we'll just go around the horn. Uh, just introduce yourself, what you do in the band, and then we'll just jump right into it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I will I will start, I guess. My name is Maggie. Um, I am the front woman slash mom of the band, I feel. Um, I also play keys. Uh, and yeah, I'm excited. Thanks for having us. We bring the chaos, so get ready for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Love it. Uh, I'm Jeremy. I play drums. Uh, I would say, I guess, band dad, uh, captain of L ship. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, Ari. Oh, hi. I'm uh, I'm Ari. I'm the bassist slash like weird uncle. <laughs> um, crazy, crazy stories. <laughs> and then one, one of these Alex's I'll go ahead I'll go ahead <laughs> there it is um so I'm Alex Downtane I play lead guitar for glimmers um I I think I'm the band dad 
You, you, we got two dads. <laughs> two dads. Oh yeah. Nothing wrong with two dads. My socks and sh my socks are higher. My shorts are shorter. <laughs> well, my shirt is super tucked in. <laughs> Damn, you got me. Well, <laughs> Alex. New balances is, are clean. I would say Alex is also an uncle dad. You know, oh, uncle yeah. dad. All right, yeah, I like that. I don't like that. <laughs> Hi, I'm Alex Norell, and I'm the awkward cousin that people really aren't excited that, to come to the family no. function. I'm always excited. Oh, I'm always down, dude. I'm always ready. That those that those are great introductions. I'm really all about it. Um, and uh, so wait, so, Tom, what are you of the podcast then? Me? I'm the. I'm the, the oh, I don't know. I'm that like cousin that like comes by and like drinks all your <laughs> drinks all your unsweetened iced tea and then leaves. That's so we're hanging out later is what you're saying. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the way. Yeah, our our dynamic is interesting. Um like I can I really could like I can call myself a co-host of this podcast but like that's probably as far as I could stretch it because Mikey really does everything else. So like and I'm not even that good of a co-host all the time. Like I, sometimes I don't show up on time. Sometimes my room isn't clean. At least you guys got sort of a clean room. I don't know. If you yeah, dude. It. And, and like, with this many people, with this many people, your little window is so small that you can't really see it's, the true mess. It's way cleaner, way cleaner than usual. We, we uh, one of our one of our good buddies um, uh, in this this great uh, Canadian uh, punk band called the Crease Rule uh, have. Um, uh, have ripped into me many a times about the cleanliness of my room. Uh, it's, it's, it's become like an actual issue, um, but it's okay. Um, uh, fun fact. Uh, I think I told Mikey this, but I'll tell everyone this. Um, I, uh, so my wife and I have been house hunting. We found, finally found a, a town home um, nice. and uh, we put in a, an offer on it. It got accepted. So we're in the closing process now. Thank you very much. But um, yeah. when we move, I'm going to have like a little dedicated nook. Uh, to podcasting so i'll be able to finally I put up my uh, i got i got like a bar down breakdown flag like you see mikey has i don't have anywhere yeah. to put it up so i'll be able to put that up i'm really excited i'm very excited uh for becoming a semi-professional podcaster but enough about me um Absolutely, so dude. so you got you guys are you guys are thank you very much you guys are from atlanta is that correct yes, yes. Correct? Yeah, so you guys are all you guys are all Thrashers fans, obviously. Of course, yes. The, the winner. <laughs> well, we were, you know. Yeah, the Jeremy terrible was events saying, happen when we were my homeland decided to take, <laughs> take them. <laughs> we were we were talking about the podcast a couple of days ago, and Jeremy was saying that as a kid he went to Thrashers games. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Awesome. That was that was like it's like it's weird because it's like a nostalgic sport for me because like mm. going to hockey games was like the very first like uh, like professional you know games i've ever went to oh that's awesome we, used to, we, we were going for a lot of them you know but yeah that's, that's, i was i was real young at the time but it was just like such a good time you that's kind of wacky it. to that's kind of wacky to hear because i mean like the braves have been around forever the falcons have been around forever yeah. um you know the hawks have been around forever i mean the hawks yeah. haven't necessarily been the greatest although they've kind of come into their own but Kind of cool to hear right. that uh, you know some of the first professional sports that you did were uh, were Thrashers games. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, yeah. so cool. Let let's let's kind of just just jump right into it here. So um, <clears throat> I guess the best way to do it uh, is I'll kind of just direct questions to each of you, 
and you guys can kind of, uh, you know, answer them. Um, so first and foremost, um, I guess we'll start with, we'll start with Jeremy, the, the drummer up there. Um, and, um, so if you could kind of give me a little bit of insight on, um, on kind of the Genesis of, you know, the Genesis of glimmers and, you know, kind of what surrounded you guys becoming a band and what influences kind of were built into, uh, you know, some of the, some of the first pieces of music that you, you, you guys kind of championed here. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I guess how it, I guess kind of started, um, um, I was in a previous band that uh, was is from here in Atlanta, and um, we were doing a a fair a farewell show. Okay. And we had like a bunch of different friends uh, come in and hop on the the, the show. Awesome. And Maggie happened to be one of those people, and I, I didn't know her before we actually played the show. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so um, the the singer had asked Maggie if she'd like to come in and play keys and sing uh, on some of the songs. So, um, as that band, you know, kind of died out, uh, Maggie shortly after like reached out to me and asked if I would like to, you know, join up with her and, you know, start, start something again. Yeah. So. I was, I was playing acoustic for a while. Um, cause I was playing out like when I was 15 and 16 and super young, but I always wanted a band. Like I always wanted to have that experience of playing with friends and not just being the girl with the guitar. Um, Sure. Sure. I, and you will see this um, probably soon, but uh, when I perform, like I just am out there with the crowd and like really energetic and it's hard to do that Mm -hmm. with, you know, an acoustic guitar strapped to you. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, Um, for sure. So, yes, the lovely Jeremy, I met him for this, like, crazy final house party uh, show. And I was like, hey, I am trying to make a band. Do you want to play drums? And so he was, like, the first piece of the puzzle that eventually became Glimmers. So, very lovely. And what's crazy about that story, too, is I was literally, like, in talks with, like, selling my drum kit at the time. Oh, like wow. I was, I was really like almost ready to like, you yep. know, just like kind of chill mm-hmm. out, you know, and like focus on other things, you know, and sure. sure. Um, so, you know, I was just like, you know, let's just do it one last time. So awesome. I, I've been loving it ever since, you know, so it's, it's a lot of fun. These are like, you know, my best friends right here. So, um, but Very I would cool. say, yeah. I would say like uh, to finish the question, as far as like influences, um, I guess for like, uh some of the early stuff you know obviously like maggie for like the first two eps maggie wrote you know those those songs with alex you know mm-hmm. and um like for me just like as as far as like drums go like i've, I've listened to like r&b a lot oh, you know great. growing up awesome. yeah so like you know like i just like you know really like super chill drums but you know obviously like when i grew up i started getting into post-hardcore so you know mm-hmm. like having a little he- heavy element you know sure. um um, yeah, so that's, that, that's, you know, that's kind of where I, at least I gain my influences from. Awesome. So. Yeah. Uh, Tom asked the wrong question for you, Jeremy. It should have been <laughs> about that sweet ass mustache, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, boy, <laughs> Tom just is not a professional. He claims it, but how do you not ask about that beautiful thing? It's, oh, yeah. oh man. It's it's hard to see the actual links with the lighting right now, but you're, you're giving the dude yeah, from Tiny Moving Parts a run for his oh, money. Dude, I met him, Wild Bill. Yeah. I met him. Yeah, Wild Bill, man, love that guy. I, 
I'm going to have to send you a photo of the stashes next to each other. He still blows me out of the water. <laughs> yeah, his stash is crazy. It's wild, it's awesome, man. Man. <laughs> Literally, I made a fan Instagram account for his mustache. So. Yeah. Love that. Love that. <laughs> yep. We didn't tell him who was no. running it, though. He, re- he did a whole PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> love that. It was aggressive. Like he, like was like you know film noir. There was like black and white cinematography. He was freaking out. It. it was incredible. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I apologize because you know, um, fun story about Mikey. Uh, this one time, uh, he forced me to shave a mustache, like Ooh. get rid of my whole beard and just have. A- Actually, I think you might have done it more times than one. <laughs> it's usually like if we're gonna be at a bachelor party or something where we could just be ridiculous it's like yeah mustache get into time. it <laughs> yeah this one time uh he, i i think i i we like you made me go to like a white trash party and i had to have a mustache it was good it was a good time um i mean like you know uh but it wasn't mu- it was actually a hoedown but we just interpreted it as yeah, white yeah. trash yeah we did the right thing there that was that was a time that was a, a fantastic time so yeah um so maggie i guess I'll, I'll kind of kind of forward this uh to you just because you know it seems like the band kind of um developed around you being you know like kind of a singer songwriter and then kind of moving into this direction so um, you know, knowing that like kind of the first, you know, couple of songs or even the first couple of EPs were written by you and then fleshed out by everybody else. Um, I, like it's always a kind of a tough question to ask this, but I always like to get the perspective of people. What was it like when you finally had a band and like you had to kind of give those reins up? Honestly, it feels really good. Awesome. Um, so as they know, I'm a very type A person. and. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Being a yes. That's <laughs> why I'm the mom. It's why I'm a good mom, okay? Um, but being a solo act for five or six years, like I got used to doing everything by myself, which mm-hmm. can be good. And it's obviously great to be self-sufficient, but yeah. it can also be draining. Obviously, there are, you know, skills in things like, for example, Alex Downtain, he's produced everything we've put out thus far. Oh, awesome. I don't produce anything. So there there are levels of expertise that I don't have in in different areas. And so I'm not going to lie, when we like kind of decided to start the band, which all of us wanted to do wholeheartedly, I was still nervous because I had been in situations before, I love Tanya, hi Tanya. Um, I've been in situations before where with other bandmates, it either didn't work out as much creatively or mm-hmm. personally. And it's like hard to find that perfect match. Yeah. yeah. Um, but honestly, like when we really started, you know, working together on the music and the visuals and all of that, it just, it makes my heart happy, like to know that we're making all of this together and it's not just me anymore. So. Yeah, no, I, 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 lo- I love to hear that. And that's a, that's a really, you know, that, that is like a kind of a tough thing because again, you know, when you are focusing on writing all of your own music, um, you know, sometimes it can be kind of difficult to um, sort of like take that like constructive criticism and put it to use, but, you know, love hearing that you know, you guys ended up making it work together as a band. So I guess let's, let's even talk a little bit about that. And uh, I guess, you know, I'll, I'll kind of field this question to whomever might want to answer it, but yeah. so 
that first experience that you guys had, you know, writing together, you know, when it was, you know, all of you guys in a room, you know, creating something out of nothing versus, you know, just building around, uh, you know, a, a finished song, you know, what was that experience like for you guys? And I guess the other, the question to kind of uh, bounce off of that is not only what was that experience like for you guys, but what was it like to watch your band kind of like, travel into like a different stratosphere because now you had five minds collectively five different influences coming into writing versus you know just like one with you know the kind of the kind of branches as they say you know chaotic was that song yeah. not a lot of cooks in the kitchen yeah for sure yeah. but was i feel like that song was not gonna goodbyes though for us 100 yeah um like that song and that was the first single off of our second ep mm -hmm. um that was the song that i you know brought to the guys the skeleton of it okay um but i was like i want to work on this all together um and alex had already worked with me personally in the past but i think that was like the first one that we all really collaborated on mm -hmm. um but yeah alex what you think I mean, 100%, you know, like <clears throat> the cool, the cool thing is about that one is me and Maggie actually worked on that one originally just me and her. And it was a very different song. Uh, it was like way slow. It was not like this upbeat kind of like ballad um, by any means. And, mm -hmm. you know, when we all kind of did our thing together, we made it into what it is now. And that was just like really cool to like see the differences and we actually like put out a little video talking about it and mm -hmm. we have some snippets of that audio on our youtube mm -hmm. if you guys want to see it but um yeah it was just a really cool experience to finally get to work on everything because everything prior to that was me and maggie um there's also another engineer that we uh, i was working with in the studio his name is ben hunky totally love ben great guy mm -hmm. um and yeah good goodest boy um but <laughs> Yeah, we, we had a lot I of fun doing that. it, and I don't know. And at, at that time, I actually wasn't even in the band yet. Yeah. We weren't. I was just recording uh, Maggie at first before I was even in the project. So it's funny. That's how awesome. Out. Yeah. I, you know, it, I, 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 think, um, I think that's a it really is such a great thing. And, and, like, I just love how, like, you know, when you start, like, seeing these collaborative efforts come to fruition, um, you know, it really – takes you know like the creative muse that you have and, and moves it in a completely different direction um so love to hear that um so i i want to go a little bit into the future uh and talk a little bit about worlds apart um so correct me if i'm wrong but worlds apart is kind of the last uh like it, it's the the newest body of work that you guys have done that, that yeah. ep okay awesome so um i'd love to kind of hear a little bit about um the process of of kind of recording that I know you kind of touched upon it a little bit, uh, you know, with not good at goodbyes, but like, what was the process about getting that, that recorded and um, having kind of the, you know, op opening up those like floodgates, as they say, um, you know, what was it like in the studio specifically? Was there a lot of writing done in the studio? Was there a lot of kind of like rounding out done in the studio or was it mostly like, okay, we've got these completed songs. We know what we want to do and we're just going to put, you know, put, put the, put it all on wax. Yeah. So it's interesting because most of these songs, I believe besides not good at goodbyes mm -hmm. were 
done or almost complete as we were rebranding to Glimmers. Okay. So mm -hmm. it's, it's weird to think about because I don't think about it that way. Um, I don't either. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. It's crazy. I didn't think about that until you said it. Yeah. So yeah. They, all, of, all of both EPs originally were recorded, other than Not Gonna Goodbyes, they were recorded, you know, all together. And it mm -hmm. was originally going to be one album. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so um, when when the pandemic <clears throat> happened, it was weird. We played a show March 11th, and it was mm -hmm. under my solo name because we played yep. a few shows just under Maggie Schneider. Mm -hmm. And then March 13th, everything went to hell. Um, but we were FaceTiming each other every day, and yeah. we've already been talking about like rebranding, changing the name, making it more of a collective instead of just you know a solo artist with a backing band. And so we were lucky because the songs were pretty much ready already. Mm. Um, mm. So then we were like, okay, we're going to take this time since we have the songs, especially for Worlds Apart, to make five music videos um, for each of the five songs on that mm -hmm. evening. Yeah. Um, which was a huge undertaking in the pandemic. But I'm I was going to say, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but very happy we did that. Um, we did that. We collaborated on the cover art together and how we wanted to package it all. And so we thought, you know, eventually these songs kind of work as two different entities. And we felt like Worlds Apart were a bit more, I guess, mature, I would say, than the, than the first EP. So they still kind of showed a progression since we mm -hmm. were working on the songs for such a long time. Sure. And so we thought, why not just have two EPs and then the second one, we really kind of make it more of a concept with five videos and all of that. So yeah, luckily the songs were ready, but we like prepared everything else <laughs> as mm -hmm. we were rebranding. Oh yeah. Cool. So I guess my question is who does the male vocals on stay? Because I know not good at goodbyes is that there's a feature. So who who's doing the vocals on stay? Yeah, so a songwriter that I worked with for a while, um, his name's Alex Crane, another Alex. <laughs> I know Just quite like, a few. Oh, yeah. So many Alex. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he wrote uh, three or four songs that we've put out, um, but he had a great voice. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, add some, add some harmonies. And then uh, we had Lost Body on Not Good Goodbyes. And even for future stuff, Alex Norell is a lovely singer. So you'll be hearing his voice. Yes, he more. is. Yes, he is. So does he <laughs> Thanks, Dad. So, Alex, <laughs> do you take that role when you guys are, are performing live? Because I'm, I'm guessing Lost Body doesn't just, like, tour with you guys all the yeah. time. <laughs> nah, uh, yeah, for the last uh, – really, since we came back as Glimmers after the pandemic, yeah. I've kind of taken over the backup vocal role. Okay. I, I've got the hardest job in the band. I have to try to keep up with Maggie Schneider, one of the best Aww. vocalists yeah. in Atlanta. <laughs> and I also play guitar behind Alex Downtain, one of the best guitarists in Atlanta. No. So I got I got work. <laughs> so I, 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 I struggle my way so through good. every show. I cry you kill every it day. Every night. Yeah. <laughs> Quit lying. We're on, we're live. <laughs> hey, look, I mean, you know, the you know, the, the kind of like the kind of thing that, that I think is so uh, is so wonderful about you know being surrounded by people who are really really talented and great musicians is it um it, it kind of like it, i wouldn't say that it forces you to be better but what it does is it gives you the perspective of what 
you know, like what's really important in in a band, right? So I mean, like you know, looking looking at you guys, right? So I mean, you guys are, are a five piece. You've got a rhythm guitarist, the lead guitarist. You've got keys. You've got bass. You've got drums, and you've got you know, uh, harmonies upon harmonies, and all of this kind of like uh, <laughs> extra extra like soundscape stuff, which is which is fantastic. And but like the role, you know, a lot of people just automatically assume that like a rhythm guitarist is just like, oh yeah, he's he's just going to play the power chords. Right. But it's like, realistically, you know, if you just have like a bunch of leads going on all at once, I mean, like, unless like you're a band like Circa survive and you could just throw a bunch of delay on it. And it just sounds like a bunch of nonsense happening behind you. It's like a lead needs a rhythm and, 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 and a, and a rhythm guitarist needs a, needs a lead guitar player. So it's, it's just like, I always love to to talk about that. And, you know, when bands talk about a rhythm guitarist, everyone always assumes like, oh, he's the he's the chord guy he's a power chord guy. No, but it's like, the- but it's, it's way more than that. Number one and number two, especially when you get into like really cool chord phrasings mm-hmm. and stuff like that, like you could be a oh, quote unquote rhythm guitarist. But I mean, if you're extending harmonies and if you're adding sevenths and ninths and elevenths and all this cool stuff, I mean, you know, you can you can go from being like a punk band to like a band that has much more depth right so it's like yeah. i that that's what i always think about so so don't sell yourself short man you're you're doing the lord's work out there my friend oh, absolutely the good i like this sports. Sports. maggie's yeah. ego is high enough talk nice about me hey! <laughs> <laughs> no i i am very lucky you know, these guys are not only my best friends, but I'm I'm inspired by them every day. So it, it means a lot to like be surrounded by such good people and musicians. Mm-hmm. So let let's talk to the rhythm section for a bit because um a lot of people always also forget how important you know your drum and bass is because I mean if you aren't locked in, um, you know, you you could do as much cool stuff as you want on guitars and keyboards and vocals, but you're still just gonna <clears throat> going to sound like a pile of you know what so all right um, what i'm kind of interested to know is so you know we started with you know like maggie writing songs on an acoustic guitar and i mean it's you know it's like cerebral enough to think about okay uh she played a c chord here the two guitarists are going to like riff on the c chord right but like now all of a sudden the both of you guys ari and jeremy could just take an entire song and just change it based on rhythmically how you're going to approach it. Right. So when you guys were first figuring out how to flesh out these songs, what approach did you guys take? Like, did you guys kind of think more about playing it straight or did you want to be a little bit more creative to kind of give the songs a little bit more depth? How did that work for you guys? On I mean, I guess end, it was, yeah, you go, you go ahead. Or. I'm sorry. On my end, one of my favorite things is having an incredibly talented producer in the band. Like mm-hmm. that same. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, I will show up with like, here's my Rob Punk Blink-182 take on the song. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but what if like we did walks and what if we did this? And also yeah. like, dude, like he, like we will start, like he will take the chord and be like, we should just not do that and do this instead. And it's always just pure gold and so like it's like him and i will bounce back and forth and stop it buddy you're making me blush (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean like we just we just work it out together you know what i mean awesome yeah a lot of the time i like to start with drums first okay to get the vibe yeah for Um, sure 
you know, and then and then work around it, you know what I mean? Because a lot of the time Maggie will just come in, you know, with some chords. She'll play acoustic or just some piano chords, you know, mm-hmm. and then, you know, we'll just kind of like just branch off that and just see where it takes it. You know, I almost awesome. always write leads last too, mm-hmm. after all the rhythm stuff's figured out. Sure. Jeremy. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, like, as far as like the songs go, like, you know, new and old um yeah it's just whatever you know whatever like feels right it's a little bit of 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 both as far as you know like staying in pocket and like mm-hmm. you know getting weird with it you know yeah 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 it's it's just, weird with it's it, just, babe. yeah just w- whatever makes sense at the time you know um mm-hmm. there's a you know with with five people and you know so many noises going on that you know it's just whatever feels right you know oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um but you know, like I, I always, you know, go by the, the, the kiss rule too when it comes to like grooving, yep. you know, keep it simple, stupid. Absolutely. Uh, you know, yep. that, that always, you know, live that feels good. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and it's, and it's kind of interesting, you know, that you talked about kind of your roots in like, you know, R&B and soul style drumming, which a lot of that, um, you know, can get really complex, but it's all about, it's all about <laughs> being in the pocket. It's all about pocket, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and, yeah. And, and I mean, I, I, you know, I've, I've, I've played drums since I'm like eight years old yeah. and that's one of the, one of the things that um I learned, you know, going through school for music and all that kind of stuff was the importance of being able to stick to a pocket. You know, it's just like, mm-hmm. I, I, I played uh, in swing bands and big bands and, and, Ooh. you know, like in quartets and stuff like that. And I mean, like, you know, if, I mean, I, I hate to say it cause like no one should ever be treated that way. But I mean, if you've ever seen, <laughs> um, if you've ever seen uh, what's that movie with Port- Whiplash, yeah. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. like that that's the importance of staying in that, the pocket now. Like maybe maybe so your anxiety. Yeah. So yeah. No, it, it it is. But I mean, like, but the truth of it is it's like, you know, a drummer can really make or break an experience for, for a band. So uh, but mm-hmm. I you know, I, I just like like I said, I just love to hear, you know, all the all the, the, the collaboration and, and how the you know the songwriting has come come across for you guys. So um one more question I, I have kind of about what's what's coming. So, um, you know, I, I do presume like most bands that, you know, you guys are out here writing. Um, are you guys uh, like kind of presently writing for like a full length or like kind of what's what's on the horizon for you guys? Maggie. So, yes. <laughs> um, so we for the entire month of January, we're in the studio practically every day. Oh, wow. Um, yes, we, we were working from noon to 2 a.m., especially Ooh. for the past, like, the last two weeks of January, oh, yeah. which was insane. Um, but we have a few songs, and they're okay. actually done as they of are. this week. Excellent. Um, so I'm very excited. I feel like they show our progression as a band, and even more so, even from Not Gonna Goodbyes, we all collaborated even so much more. Oh yeah. Um, so it feels awesome. really good. So we're hoping that maybe late spring, summer-ish, you should hear more details about that. Awesome. Um, but I'm very excited. Um, hopefully people will, will like the new stuff, but yeah, we're like presently thinking about the visuals and okay. yeah, videos of course. and all of that, which I, I love that stuff. So. Awesome. Now, are you guys are you guys still kind of working in uh, in tandem with with uh, with Common Ground? Yes. So we you are. have awesome. a yep. management deal with Common Ground. So okay. I love Britt. Shout out to her. Um, she's That's known awesome. me since I was fifteen. 
which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, but things happen for a reason. Um, I kept up with her for years. And then when we started this rebranding process, reached back out to her and showed her the songs. And luckily she wanted to, to work with us. Awesome. Love to hear that. So, um, talk to me a little bit more just because um, it kind of popped in my head and I didn't think to ask this, but talk to me a little bit about Atlanta and uh, like what the Atlanta scene is like, uh, just because to be honest with you, I know very little about it. Um, so I'd love to kind of know like uh, the depth of like the pop punk scene. Is it, is it strong? Is it not really strong? Is it more forward with other types of music? Um, what is it like? It's well defended. Their hometown. I would I would say like Atlanta over the last I mean over like the last five years has like really like become more of like a complete unit. Yeah. Like before that, at least like you know, in previous bands, you know, it just seemed like everybody had their own specific genre and mm -hmm. they had to only go to those shows or they're like, you know, for um, sure outliers or something, you know, but, um, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's crazy. Um, you know, like as of recently, it's just like, you're seeing any and everybody, you know, everywhere. And it's like, it's a beautiful thing. Like, oh, yeah. um, yeah, it's just, it's really crazy how much of like it's turned on its access, you know, over also, the last couple of years. Post pandemic, one of my favorite things is it's not just musicians going out to shows. There's just so many friends of friends of friends. And like they reach out to you through Facebook and they're just like, hey, like, is this happening? And it's like, it's the coolest experience. I love that. And like Atlanta is such like a diverse, like honestly, region. Because I mean, most people think of Atlanta and they think, you know, it's the rap hub of the South, which, mm -hmm. yes, I'm sorry, we own y'all. But um, <laughs> it's, we it's do, true. sorry. But uh, like, it's, there's so many genres and like everybody is just so supportive. This is a very supportive town. Like mm -hmm. it's like artists, like the, a lot of people just have the mindset of artists first and, you know, yeah. go support people. And it's, yeah, it's just beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. We have really great venues here. And we're lucky because, you know, I saw a lot of venues in even, you know, I feel like bigger cities for pop punk, like Chicago. I saw a lot Long of Island, venues. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so many closed. And that mm. breaks my heart yep, um, because, you know, it's hard to be either an independent band or a band sure. on a smaller label because yeah, you either have, you know, more DIY spaces, which are great, or mm -hmm. you have like the big amphitheater arena type spaces. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. And so we're lucky because we have the Masquerade, which is our home away from home. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. We have Center Stage. We have the Tabernacle. Like so many different spots that give, you know, bigger bands, but also smaller bands, mm -hmm. the opportunity to open for bigger touring acts and mm -hmm. to headline shows <laughs> and, yep. and all of that. So, yeah, it, everything that the guy said is just a very – united spot right now love that i um i had the pleasure of being uh being able to get to the 
I think it was the old masquerade because uh, the yes. when, when, oh when that the, was home oh yeah yeah because the, the masquerade when when did it officially like move what year was that was that 2016 2016, 2016. yeah, yeah. so I, I believe that I was at the the wrecking ball fest that came just yes. before they moved yeah and um that was a hell of an experience man I mean I I got to <laughs> I got to see I got to see Piebald and the Promise Ring and like, oh, Thursday yeah. and I mean like that was absolutely um, awesome. it was Dude, it was Thursday. just yeah, yeah they 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 truly are and 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 again you know just not to harp on it but if you want to talk about um like a drummer that is like all <laughs> about pocket man um you yeah. know the drummer of thursday what was it tucker i think is his name um i believe i believe yeah i think, I think it's tucker yeah. tucker rule if i'm not mistaken but that's uh -huh. another drummer who is all about just like just like holding down a pocket while all this, you know, crazy gnarly stuff is happening around him. But, um, you know, that, that, that weekend that I was in Atlanta, you know, I, like, I, I felt the love. It was, it was a really cool thing. And it seemed like a lot of people, it kind of almost reminded me of, uh, you know, I've gone to the, the fest in Gainesville probably more times than I can count. Oh, yeah. And it's, yeah. and it's that same kind of feeling, uh, that I got at, at wrecking ball where everybody was just kind of all together to really kind of, you know, yeah. love love all the music that brought them together and stuff so i, I think yeah. that's that's such a wonderful thing um but I, I you know love to hear that that atlanta is is kind of budding every time i i talk to someone you know from from somewhere that isn't where i'm from i always try to think i'm like what what bands are from atlanta and the only one that i could think of is just uh josh scoggin in 68 just oh freaking yeah. out constantly but I'm, yeah. I'm sure there's probably 50 bands that like you're gonna say oh we're just gonna from say here, cartel like, even though cartel, cartel. Yes! cartel. Yes. Um, issues is from here. Oh, okay. Um, All right. Seven dust. Collective great. soul. <laughs> love collective, collective soul. Yeah. Excellent. Speaking yeah. of collective soul, great. glimmers. Wait, glimmers. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Collective soul was on one of the first uh, NHL uh, soundtracks that had like an actual soundtrack. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, we've talked about that ad nauseum. So uh, I definitely do want to jump into a little bit of hockey talk and we'll uh, you know, we'll talk some more music and stuff. But before we do that, I have to read this ad read, uh, not the red part, according to Mikey, which is great. So uh, we're going to we're going to talk a little bit about DraftKings. And I love DraftKings mostly because um, not not just because they're an official sports betting partner of the NHL, but, uh, you know, they give a lot of people an opportunity uh, to kind of, you know, win these really cool prizes and get engaged uh, into uh, sports when they ne don't necessarily, you know, have every reason to, uh, which is a great thing. So, you know, the NHL season, it's been packed with like crazy dirty dangles and hat tricks and all that crazy stuff. Um, and uh, I, if you've been following along, all of these crazy trades, including one that got vetoed, which is incredible, but as the action rolls on, uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook, which again is an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. And new customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. So a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you, which is awesome. So if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. And DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code THPN. That's for the Hockey Podcast Network, THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. So, again, that's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. And you do have to be 21 years or older. Restrictions do apply. Well done, Tom. Very nice. Wow. Wow. You did that like a that's pro. It. I'm getting better. Stutter so, once. I am. Was, I better. You should write would, a book. I would hire you on Fiverr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would. Hey, I, I have a. I have a question for you. Hell yeah. Uh, dirty dangles. Dirty dangles. What are the, okay, so I, I've I've watched uh, I watch a lot of Letterkenny. Yeah. And, you know, obviously they use like a lot of hockey talk. Yeah, but sure. They always say, you know, dirty fucking dangles, boys. Like, what yep. is that? <laughs> Six stick handling. So, like, a dangle is kind of like. So let's say <laughs> let's say you've got a um, let's say you've got like a two on one heading towards the net, right? A dirty dangle would be if someone is stick handling and they like make a move on the puck and they kind of finesse it and then like move back and then move ahead again and just like completely throw it past like the goalie. Like, yeah, you'd call that a dirty dangle, essentially, because you're dangling the puck, mm-hmm. essentially, like on your stick, um, yeah. in in such a way that whatever defender is in front of you, mm-hmm. kind of gets their legs broken. It's almost like a like a really dirty. Yeah, it does sound pretty gross. I, it's, you're right. <laughs> uh, it's like a really dirty crossover in the, yeah, in the yeah, NBA. Yeah. It's kind of like you know getting your ankles broken, sort of deal. That's oh, what a yeah. dirty dangle is. But yeah. You learn it all. You learn, you know, dirty dangles, you know, snipes and sellies. Oh, and there's a, so what's there's your a, fra- what's your favorite phrase though? What like my favorite phrase for me personally, I just love like top cheese. I just love Dude, top cheese. Top, top, yeah. top of the net. Top of the net. Yeah, top of the net. Top cheese. Or what was the old what was the old thing that they used to say where where mama hides the cookies? Well, we have <laughs> uh like a historic like just dynasty error announcer and his catchphrase is the toy department yeah like oh he, he put it up in the toy department <laughs> <laughs> he says it all the time Sp- speaking of crazy shit dude there is <laughs> i i don't know where i found it i think my boss like showed it to me somebody took the time to go over like like a full three periods of doc emmerich calling hockey and there's like 70 different words that he used to describe a pass oh he, like, he's a legend like 70 different words like if <laughs> I, I challenge you when you get an opportunity to go find this he just uses like all these different words to just talk about a pass like right. oh he he, oh, he, fin- he finessed it he haberdashed it he did and it's just like half how of many, them don't they don't make sense how many of these words did he come up with like himself are they actual yeah. words is he like shakespeare no, so they're, so they're, a- they're actual words but half of them don't mean what he like <laughs> intended it to mean like, like for gosh sure. darn it he bageled it yeah <laughs> it, yeah honestly like you're not far off like like he hot potted it like he netty potted it like it's just like what are you talking about but i mean listen, like just just even even if you don't look up the the list just go like Go to YouTube at some point in your life and just type in like Doc Emmerich hockey highlights and you'll love hockey that much more just listening to this guy. Like I just Googled it and like the first thing that comes up is like hockey terms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is like he's he is the one. He is. 
I feel like there should be like an official hockey dictionary. And I like I looked up a few because I am just I am trying to get into it because I don't hey, know what's about good. it. Good. But hey. I saw lip lettuce and having Jeremy in the band, I was like, oh my god, this is perfect. I can't believe there's a hockey-esque term for mustache. <laughs> so I must good. ask you a question. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 a it's a serious it's really a serious thing. Hockey culture is something else. Um, it really is, at least in America, um, it is kind of the the counterculture. I mean, we talk about it all the time on this podcast because that's kind of like what this podcast was was built upon was was built upon kind of the the avenues that come between alternative music and hockey being the alternative sport. But um, mm-hmm. but it's funny because once you get into Canada. Um, the script is flipped. It's like in Canada, hockey is like what the NFL is like here. Yeah. Like when you think of like, you know, like the NFL has like a very, a very diverse network of, of fans and there are great fans. There are not so great fans. But like when you think of like your football bros, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like your dudes that just like, you know, are bare chested in 15 degree weather, just like, you know pouring beers on someone because they're wearing like another another team's like jersey like there are nhl bros like that in wow. canada that like ha- like take on that same thing but oh yeah it, it's it's just a funny thing because it's all it's all relative you know and like where where hockey here is like i said still probably your your fourth sport quote unquote or even even in some circles now that soccer is getting more and more prevalent, even the mm-hmm. fifth sport. Yeah. Um, but it's you know, but it lends itself to being kind of counterculture. <laughs> Excuse me, you know. <clears throat> so I think the that's a cool thing about it. So uh, on that note, in terms of kind of talking a little shop here, um, I'd kind of love to hear, even if like you're not like a super fan or anything like that. We don't need super fans to be on this show, but. You know, realistically, I'd love to kind of just go around the horn and just talk about, you know, like maybe your first experience with hockey or, you know, maybe like one that was very memorable for you or maybe even, you know, like uh, an experience you had not maybe going to a hockey game, but like seeing a game on television or playing a hockey video game or something like that. Um, I guess we'll start with uh, who do we want to start with? I'm looking around. <laughs> I'll start. Yeah, let's start. Yeah, okay. I'm about I'll, to say I'll down start it. Let's do it. Dude, love okay. it. Okay. So, like, one of my first things I remember, like, about hockey ever was Wayne Gretzky for the Nintendo 64. That's the one. I That's the one. Up. I absolutely loved it because. That's the one. Dude, it's so good because, like, out of nowhere, you've got a health bar and you're just ready to just, like, Mortal Kombat some people. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? it's, just, it's so good. I just remember playing that so much Same. because of <laughs> yeah. that it actually led to me going to a thrashers game oh, you know what awesome. I mean? you know what yeah. I mean? when i was younger and yeah just that's that's like just totally like my first real experience with like getting into the sport i was i don't and, even know how old i was i was pretty young and i gotta tell you i i think that's a perfect thing because there are so many people that are in like Mikey and I's age group, you know, we're, we're probably yeah. a little older than you guys were in our mid thirties, but there are people that specifically like cite those early NHL games on like Sega Genesis and super Nintendo. Oh yeah. To getting them into hockey. And like, I'm, I'm one of those people. Like I've said it yeah. so many times. The only, the only reason I knew anything about West coast hockey when I was like nine or 10 
yeah. was from playing NHL 96 and NHL 97 and, and like being the Colorado Avalanche or being the Vancouver Canucks. Dude, or absolutely. Only reason I knew any of them because, yeah. you know, I was 10 years old. Like there wasn't a chance I was going to be allowed to stay up everything. That's yeah. So much information. Be, yeah. But you couldn't, but also you weren't allowed to stay up, you know, at 1030 and watch <laughs> yeah. the Islanders play the ducks or watch the Islanders right. play the Kings. Your mom would be like, no, go to bed, idiot. Like that's right. kind of like <laughs> just how it would go, you know, but, but yeah, no, I, I, I love that. And, uh, you know, we had the pleasure of having, um, um, uh, uh Steve and, uh, and Sabelle from, uh, EA, uh, who oh, actually cool. cultivated, they cultivated all of the soundtracks for all the NHL games. That was like an unreal conversation because their whole goal, right, as hockey fans and music fans, where they were like, okay, we know what we have here in hockey. We know that it's, you know, a counterculture. What we want to do is we want to make sure that there are a bunch of bands that, you know, people may not have heard of that get this playtime. And when I tell you, like, if you look at some of those NHL soundtracks, some of these bands were like just on the precipice of like breaking in. And being on dude, these bangers, soundtracks bro. helped them. And total bangers. I mean, like, dude, bangers across the board. Oh, yeah. And like, not just Collective Soul, man. Not just Collective Soul. <laughs> dude, yeah, yeah, <laughs> a lot of sports games, like, as a whole, just has always just had like the yep. top tier soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and you could thank like Tony Steve Hawk and Sabelle. <laughs> Yep. Tony Hawk's game had a great soundtrack. Okay, oh, Tony oh, Hawk yeah. Underground it's 2 not even the best. the best soundtracks of yeah. all time. Oh, it's like the, the most house party quote ever, though. Like, was this on <laughs> Skate 2? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like mean, the song, it wasn't on Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. Bye. Okay. <laughs> um, my, my, my Tony Hawk experience, and I, I, I say this all the time, is one of my favorite songs is uh, May 16 by Lagwagon. One of my favorite Dude. songs. And I listened to that song so much by playing Tony Hawk that when I would listen to it on the record, I would like in my head hear the countdown beeps happening when they weren't happening. And, and I can tell you like exactly, I can tell you exactly in No yeah. Cigar by Mill and Colin where the beeps came. Like I could tell you, yeah. it was it was just as they transitioned like into uh, the bridge into the final chorus. And like, as, as soon as it's like, and I don't care, uh, and it just beeps. And I will right. never not hear those beeps at, <laughs> at like one minute and 55 seconds of that song. But uh, transformative, man. I mean, that soundtrack, like, yeah. you know, between that and like getting my hands on Punkorama CDs when I was 13 or 14, like, that's why I'm into this music. Oh, 100%. Dude, absolutely. Like, like, that song for you, my song was When Worlds Collide. Oh, Power Man 5000. Dude, yeah, okay. right? I think that was in the third one. I don't think it was in the second one. But, like, not dude, sure, but yeah. Like, just changed my life. I thought mm -hmm. that song was a banger. It's so good. Banger, you know? So good. I love it. Yeah. All right. So let, let's go to Al Alex number two, Norell. You're, you're, first Hi. of all, we, we talked about this before we started to record, but since we are on video, Show off your jersey, bro. Okay. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Hopefully, you have pants on. Hopefully. Actually, if you don't have pants on, that's cool. Nice. Yeah. So, that's um, an old school Gladiators jersey. Sure is. Old at. school Gladiators jersey. Um, the only hockey game I ever went to in person, it was on a date. Didn't go well. But um, bummer. Don't worry about that. Uh, but it was it was such a great time, and uh, I don't know. 
it, it was it was really cool being able to experience it like in in in, in real life but um like uh, <laughs> hockey for me has always been interesting because when i was a kid i was obsessed like i am the most randomly unathletic yeah randomly but very unathletic gentlemen <laughs> i have my sports nobody cares about them you know thumb wrestling isn't that cool but uh <laughs> so, but uh i was when i was a kid i was obsessed with the mighty ducks in particular the mighty ducks too gordon okay. bombay took team usa to go fight iceland let's you absolutely. know absolutely absolutely you know queen uh uh uh, was playing throughout that sound. What were the damn songs? Uh, we will yeah, rock we were, you. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, and it, it, that that was like I watched that Mighty Ducks two like on repeat from years I think four to eight. Oh yeah. And I was always so jealous of everybody who got to live like up where it gets actually cold, as opposed to in the south where you know when it gets cold we just stop wearing shorts. <laughs> but like y'all y'all actually have like frozen lakes and stuff to go ski on we had experienced our first frozen lake actually uh on tour a couple weeks ago yeah. all five of us very scaredly like trudged <laughs> ourselves out onto a lake and uh all of our moms got very mad and told us to yeah. but uh it, you just need you know, to drive a limo out like in Mighty Ducks one <laughs> drive a limo out and then, Char- then charlie's mom is gonna come out there and threaten to murder you like the whole premise of the movie as like an adult and you think back on it is just so ridiculous oh, like oh it's this totally random is. lawyer guy gets a dwi and then he's like in charge of a youth hockey team like and then there's just like the creepy limo guy that's just always around and just, <laughs> like the limo guy man <laughs> I mean, here I'll, I'll do my impression of him you know like, where's my candy uh, but uh like I, I just love those the third one was a bit lacking let's be honest here uh i can't remember the guy's name who played bombay but he obviously didn't want to sign up for the third one no. but uh, yeah. <laughs> but now between like the mighty ducks movies and like the sandlot i thought i was gonna be the greatest athlete oh, sandlot. ever the sandlot, sandlot let's be honest oh god love it but um and also, when I was a kid, I uh, my my mom was very sweet, and she would buy me very crappy toys because she knew I'd break them. And I had a <laughs> hockey set that I would okay. play with in my driveway. Yeah, and um, I hurt myself. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, so I always like I never got a chance to play hockey, but I always wanted to. But uh, yeah, that's 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 my big attachment to it. it it's I love it. it. It was like you know, like land before time when you were a kid. Hockey. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let's not 100%. talk about Lamb before time. We don't need to, we don't need to cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeremy, you're up, bud. All right. Uh so I'm going back to fights. Um Okay. I I uh I relate like hockey, I guess, a little bit to NASCAR. I apologize if that offends anybody, but like you know how people watch NASCAR for the wrecks? Like mm-hmm. I love to oh, yeah. watch hockey for the fights. For the fights. Cuz I remember um one of the games I went to as a kid, um, uh, one of the the Thrashers got thrown up against the, the the plexiglass, and I just remember like we were sitting like very close to where he got shoved into the wall, and just like instantly gloves were off, 
stick is down and they just started swinging on each other and like at the time i was terrified (laughs) but that you know it like kind of stuck with me and like even like it's it's crazy because we were talking about the games and like i didn't even know i had this memory still but um on easter one year i remember i woke up so upset because like we used to like uh, get gifts for each other and one year my the only gift i wanted was whatever hockey game was out on playstation one at the time mm-hmm. and i remember i didn't get it and i was so upset about it because i just wanted to like get on there and fight somebody you know yeah there you go um but <laughs> uh but yeah i don't know i just i yeah i just i really love the fights on it you know it's it's yeah. really good it's, it's a lot of fun i wish i uh i wish i got to play you know when i was a kid like i was big into football Sure. I played for seven years and oh, wow. um, awesome. I, I think our closest rink um, from where I lived was about two hours north, uh, you know, just to like practice or something, mm-hmm. you know, so sure. that just that just didn't work out. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, the, the, it's funny. The culture of hockey fights is um, is something kind of of lore. Like it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, a, like a lot of it is um, a lot of it is like, you know, you've got like a star player on the ice and there are people that are specifically on the ice to protect them, you know? Yes. So Mm -hmm. like, that's kind of like where that comes from. But a lot of times, like sometimes like, you know, when they occasionally put mics on, on the guys on the ice, like it'll almost be like a, like a friendly, seemingly like innocuous exchange before Mm -hmm. they fight. Like it's just two two people will like skate by one another and they'll just be like, (laughs) you want to go? And the other guy will be like, Yeah. And, yeah. then, and then they just start beating the p- piss out of each other. Yeah. And then and then usually and then usually unless there's like really bad blood, after it's done, they're both like, "Great fight, bud." All right. <laughs> like man, that's it, was, it, man. Like Yeah, it was it was crazy. And so the last last game I watched, uh we were actually in the studio, it was the end of January. It was the Blackhawks um versus I think the Cyclones. That's that's Orlando, right? uh oh the lightning yeah Tampa lightning, Bay lightning. Lightning, yeah. lightning yeah and mm-hmm. um yeah i guess uh chicago's star player mm-hmm. he he was he was on the field and somebody came up i, I think it was like a backwards check and okay. just like completely flattened him yep, right absolutely and yeah. then so the lightning had to go into the ice box right and mm-hmm. he just like the look on his face he was just like deadpan he was just like <laughs> man i'm about to get the shit kicked out of me <laughs> you know? but, but it was like you know i don't think there was even a fight that game but i was just like waiting for it i was like sounds like please. a <laughs> so, sounds like a sounds like a patty maroon move to me huh right what, what would you say yeah probably yeah. right awesome all right um ari man what's up Okay. Drop some drop some love on me, man. What do you got? Okay, so my first ever hockey experience was actually kind of a little bit of a weird one. Okay. So I grew up in Los Angeles, so like a lot sure. of people are Los Angeles Kings fans. Absolutely. But so about fourth grade, I like if you know anything about me, I'm perpetually late to things, and this is not changing. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> yes. But I was late to bringing Great. my permission slip for sex education. And when you are late to bringing your permission slip, they put you in a random room with a substitute teacher. The substitute teacher was a massive Kings fan. And so he thought it was a great idea to get a bunch of 12 year olds to watch hockey, and which it was awesome. But like, that is great. But it was awesome because I remember specifically what was so cool about that was you guys were talking about fights. I don't remember the player's name, but he got bodied. And it was like a good like two or three meters of just face on ice body. 
and it's mm. bloody and there were zoom-ins and we're we're like 12 and we're just like yeah <laughs> and i remember from that moment on there's just there's a fondness to it not because of just like the fighting but like i guess like the rawness about it like it just it's a very down-to-earth sport and it's mm -hmm. like it's just fast. real it moves fast and yeah. i think that's that's probably where i come from so I, I think I've yeah. just realized that I failed because I was a substitute teacher for like three years before <laughs> I got my full-time teaching gig. <laughs> and up, I, dude. I totally should have just been like making these kids watch hockey fights. The entire time. <laughs> you yeah, will like it. it. <laughs> totally missed opportunity. Well, like, school yeah. of rock, but for hockey. Yeah, right. What what I what I want to know is what like is th is this a thing? Like I don't remember us in high school like needing permission slips for sex ed like is that a thing that is a thing yeah get the hell out of here so like your parents had to give like permission for you to be taught sex education so i think when yes you're in, i think when you're in middle school up you don't have to but if you're okay. still in elementary school you still need that permission slip. yeah for me. i mean i it's guess i could understand that, that. I don't, but like, <laughs> see, like, I don't, I don't want to get into like, you know, political machinations and all that kind of stuff here. But like, yeah, but I mean, like, the fuck, you need a permission slip to like be taught sex education. Like, that's like you need, you need to be taught that. Like, it, yeah, you like you mandatory. Know, yeah, it, it's crazy. Like, to I don't know. That's that's wild to me. But anyways, I didn't have to go through that. And our <laughs> our health teacher did this thing uh, where she the first day to get all of the laughs out. She had the entire class go up to the chalkboard, or maybe it was a whiteboard. I think it was a chalkboard, and write any possible word that you could think of for penis or vagina. Oh my, <laughs> oh god, my god! I would be there yes. forever. This I would, is our honestly, favorite pastime. It was. It was. <laughs> I, I, it was a shit show. It was a shit show because you because everyone tried to outdo themselves and try to think of like the dirtiest word they could think of. Yeah. So like you know like what words went up there? I'm not going to say them, but you can use your imagination. But like. There were like creative ones that got up there, like you a know, hot dog warmer, like hot dog warmer, oh, yeah. man. or like, or or hot I remember dog. that one specifically. <laughs> Whoa! Who no, was that? What the boy is that? What that dog? Dog. Dude, that's a hot oh, dog. That's a hot dog. Listen, any any anytime there's a good boy involved, I'm oh, yeah. I'm all for it. But oh, yeah. yeah, that was uh that was something. But uh, but cool. So uh. Maggie Schneider, you're last, so let's, so let's hear it. Man, okay, so I am probably the one who knows the least amount about hockey. And that's okay. I will say that both hockey and roller derby are two sports that have always interested me. Oh, yeah. Um, because, like, they're so cathartic to watch. Like, going back to what Jeremy said, and, and even Ari, like, it's – it's a weird mix of like entertaining and like you want to watch it, but it's mm -hmm. also like, Oh my God, like this, there's so much happening. Oh, do yeah, I cry? Yeah. Do I laugh? Yeah, do I yeah. cheer? I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but kind of taking it to a more recent story when we were recording um, Alex downtown, he has a TV in his studio. Mm -hmm. um, and so while <laughs> I was doing vocals, which made it a very fun time, um, them and a few friends turned on a hockey game. I can't remember what teams were playing, um, but it was back in January. And as I was recording, like after every take, I heard screams yeah. <laughs> from uh, the studio and I was feeling left out. I'm like, I can't watch it. I don't have a window. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, but I think it's always been cool. And, you know, unfortunately, I was never an athletic kid. Um, I had one ice skating lesson. I cried. Never went back. <laughs> um, tried horseback riding. Not great at that either. <laughs> but uh, my dad is a football coach, and he's been interested in a bunch of sports. You know, I'm a basketball fan. My mom is a UNC Tar Heel, as am I. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's really cool, and I think going back to kind of the scene itself, there are so many similarities to hockey and the alternative scene because I feel like it's a very supportive group of fans. If that makes yes. sense. Like, I, I get that vibe from all of my friends who are really, really big hockey fans. Love that. Absolutely. And yeah. um, it, it is a great community, or or I should say it can be. Um, unfortunately, there there are parts of the community that are kind of still, still in the past, and there are parts of the community that are um, not as tolerant and not as accepting. Um, and, uh, you know, that's the kind of stuff that, um, you know, the more – realistic hockey fans and are, are trying to kind of move away from. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like I said, you know, I, you know, I don't, not in the, I don't mean to disparage anybody, but like hockey can come from a culture that uh, is more affluent and is more white um, just in general. Um, and unfortunately with that comes that sense of entitlement and sense of, you know, shying away from inclusion and a lot of things that really hurt the sport and just overall hurt the fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, uh, the NHL, you know, definitely probably needs to do a little bit better, but they are making strides to make hockey more inclusive for everyone, which is an important thing, right? Because I mean, Absolutely. you know, you know, like you, at the end of the day, you know, if you're, if you're not represented, you know, it's kind of hard to, uh, you know, take all that in and, and feel like you're a part of something. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, especially people that are, uh, you know, non-binary and people that are, uh, you know, people of color and, you know, people that typically aren't represented as, as in, in broad strokes in hockey, um, you know, there needs to be a little bit more of that. And, you know, there are, are, uh, are people that are bringing light to it, you know, specifically, um, you know, there's a, a goalie, his name is Robin Leonard, who, uh, you know, is outspoken, uh, to the nth degree about uh, mental health and mental wellness in hockey, sure. uh, you know, something that, you know, it, it's always been like a good old boy kind of thing where it's like, you don't talk about that. And like you're hurt and, you know, you got to get out there on the ice and you don't take care of yourself. And it's, and it's these types of things that they're trying to, to move past. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. but uh, in general, I would agree with you. Yes. I think yeah. hockey is a very tight contingent, uh, but as as we grow as as people in a country and as we grow, um, you know, these changes are going to come and it's going to make, you know, hockey more inclusive for everyone. So I think that's a really important thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I love that. So I would probably uh, give you guys a little bit of homework and that homework would simply be. And super easy. Just. Go watch some hockey. There's a little bit of it. You know, just go watch a little bit of it. And you know what? And, and, and truthfully, um, you know, if it's one of those things where like you're watching it and you're like, man, my head hurts. This ice is so white. People (laughs) are moving so fast and I just don't get it. Turn the hockey off. You know, like that, the wonderful thing about it is that, you know, if you love watching it for, for the, the aggression and the fights, watch it for that. If you love watching it for the pageantry, watch it for that. Or if you simply just want to watch it because you think, you know, the 
Vegas Golden Knights have cool looking jerseys. <laughs> Fuck yeah, do it. You know, any anything that gets more eyes onto the sport that we love uh, is an important sure. thing. So, absolutely. oh yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you guys sharing your your hockey experiences with us. That's very awesome. So, um, I'm gonna do one last thing because I love putting people on the spot. It's my favorite thing to do, and I love talking okay. about music. So. Uh, I want to go around the horn and I want to hear um, I mean, what are we? We're kind of into March. Let's, let's go last year. So um, I'd love to hear, you know, each of you tell me last year uh, what your favorite record was or your favorite single. You know, I know that's heavy. I know that's heavy and I know I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, so you better have a good answer or else, oh, you know, I, I don't cool. know what's going to happen. I got yeah. a question about it. Is go, it our go for fav- it. favorite record that released last year or what we were jamming last year? Oh, boy. What do we think, Mikey? Either one works for me, but... Either one works for me. I he like that. these hard questions that, like... I love it, though. Uh, I can't yeah. even think of one. I just want to give you the best answer. Listen, you go mm-hmm. ahead and give me. You know what? Let's just do this. If you could think of a record that came out last year that you loved, awesome. If not, just let me know what you jammed. Let me know what you jammed. That's that's what I want to know. And uh, this time, we'll start with Maggie Schneider. And I have an answer. Love that. Yeah, um, I love it. So the band Camino's self-titled record. Oh, our band Camino is great. Um, yeah, it, I think it came out in September. Um, because my best friend Sophie, and she's our photographer as well, um, she's the best. Um, my best friend Sophie and I, we went to see them headline the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville. And what we didn't know, and they surprised the fans that were there, it was their unofficial album release show. So they played the full record two weeks before it came out. That's Um, and so I love them so much. Um, I love that. They're like indie rock, but they have country influences and pop punk influences. And Mm -hmm. like, I love how versatile that album is um, because it has sad girl anthems and it also has I want to shake my butt in the club anthems. So (laughs) definitely would say the band Camino's album. Great pick. Love that. Uh, Let's go. uh, Let's go downtown. All right. So I think the album that i listened to most in 2021 was i think uh, i have like literally my playlist up um i I think it it was post-human bring me the horizon is actually um i listened to that record so stupid much in 2021 i know it came out in 2020 but and i listened to it in 2020 but i just i don't know i tore that one up so much yeah for sure love it Parasite Eve incredible song like I mean just like the songs on it just they're bangers I love it I uh I remember um like man I'm it I am so old it's it's (laughs) crazy to be as old as I am but I remember like Bring Me the Horizon like when they were really like strictly like like a metalcore band right dude strictly like yep yes yeah shaking the earth and um, yeah, but but personally, one of the things I love in music so much is when bands evolve. I yes. think evolution in music is so important because, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, 
you know, if you're a professional musician, yes, like this is your job and this is what you get paid for this, but it's also artistry, right? So, I mean, yeah. like to think that like someone can write the same music at 18 and then 35 is just beyond me. Well, oh, and, yeah. and also I, I feel like, like Linkin Park said this best because when they were releasing some newer stuff, you know, before Chester passed away, mm-hmm. um, they right. talked about, you know, all the hate they were getting uh, because it wasn't the same. You know yeah. what I mean? And they talked about like, well, do you want to see the same movie over and over? Yeah, no, of course not. You want it to evolve. You want yeah. it to be a different movie. And it, the same should be for each record. And I totally agree with that. Like, if you want to, if you want it to be that record, just go listen to that record is essentially yeah. what Chester said. And like, yeah. I totally agree with that. 100%. I think mm-hmm. evolution in music is absolutely important. Crucial. Absolutely crucial. Mm-hmm. All right. Alex, number two. I love your ears, by the way. I don't think I got to tell you that. But I love them. <laughs> Those aren't real. you guys but those are indeed like fake Uh, (laughs) well shut your fucking face um (laughs) (laughs) but uh no i think uh i i I got three i'm gonna cheat um weird by young blood i demolished that i forgot about that one (laughs) it's so damn good like freak show uh that song has the greatest key change of any song ever written, I will fight people over this. <laughs> then uh, after that, I got really heavy into um, uh, Montero by uh, Little Nas X. That yeah. whole album, I just got it's a vibe. And then I went back to my emo boy, you know, punk ra- uh, roots, and listened the hell out of um, "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket" by Blink One Eighty Two. Oh, there it is. I forgot how good that album is. It's, so good. So it's like good. that one, and I think their self-titled album are possibly my favorite records. Uh, top five, top five. And 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 if you want to talk about, you know, evolving, right? I mean, like the evolution yeah. that Blink One Eighty Two underwent between "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket" and the self-titled record is like peak what bands should do. It's like, oh, okay, we gave you this, you know, we gave you Dude Ranch, great. We gave you Anima, great. We gave you "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket," great. Here's the untitled record. And a lot of people listen to that and were like, what? Like, I wanted more boobs and farts and peepees and caca. And, like, and, you did, and, and, and what you got instead was you got this, like, unbelievably hauntingly beautiful song with Robert Smith from The Cure. And it's like that, that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't, like, don't ever be afraid of just doing what the shit you want to do. And that record st- stuck with me. And still to this day sticks with me for for what that was, tremendous. Oh, yeah. so, tremendous. Yeah, I mean, I've I've got a um, I've got a guitar that Maggie graciously gifted me a while back. Ah, there you um, go. And uh, on it, <laughs> I've uh, I found online somebody took the vinyl of uh, Weezer's The Blue Album. Oh, sh- and made okay. it into a pick guard. Awesome. So that was now my the, the Weezer guitar. I've named it Rivers. Love that. And I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna I've got another Strat that I'm going to completely. Demolish and rebuild and make it mm-hmm. a Blink One Eighty Two guitar, Love and I'm gonna that. theme it all around the self-titled album because oh, like incredible. the spray paint yeah. theme, the, the mm-hmm. color scheme is amazing. Color scheme is great. But also, yeah, can we talk about how good the Mark Tom and Travis show album was? The live album. So it, I had it was, a memor- like all their banter memorized as a fifteen. It was so good. 
it was so good, but it hurt my soul to hear that like most of Tom's vocal parts had to be like overdubbed because he was so bad live. <laughs> oh, no. the, what, as an adult now, like looking back on that, listening to him like normally live, I'm like, you, yeah. you're a liar, sir. Yeah. You lied yeah. to me. Well, I saw Tom with Angels and Airwaves in mm-hmm. 2019, and he, he did a good job. I mean, he wasn't perfect, mm-hmm. but I mean, he didn't do terrible. You well, know? You're, Listen, like, you're struggling right there. Music, yeah. musicians, <laughs> music, it musicians. It wasn't, it wasn't terrible. Look, music, musicians get the opportunity to get better. Uh, I, I'll tell this story until I'm blue in the face, but um, I saw the Wonder Years in like 2011, and they were like oh, the yeah. probably the worst band I had ever seen, mm. ever seen. Uh, mm. Dan, Dan couldn't hit a note to save his life. Um, mm-hmm. The band were sloppy. They were terrible all over the place. And I think it was actually this like show and like, it was like famed. They got like four or five songs into their set and Dan blew his voice out and just left, yeah. walked off stage. And, <laughs> oh um, my God. And, but ju- just to show you how much time can change people mm-hmm. is I just saw the wonder years uh, in, uh, at the house of blues in Orlando, they were on their tour for the upsides mm-hmm. and suburbia. Yeah. And when I, and when I tell you that not, not a note, was out of place not mm-hmm. not a pitch was off not a note was out of place and still put on an incredible show dan's jumping around like yeah. a maniac and sounds identical to what he sounds like on record that's it's great just like- I, I noticed that well, i noticed them like totally changing like that when like sister cities came out yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. dude yeah. like they like totally became like this different band i mean mm-hmm. a bit before that too but like yeah yeah around then is when i really noticed it for sure yeah, and I think that's something that you, you know you have to do, like, because again, like we discussed, as much as it is being an artist, you, it, it's also your day job, right? So, yeah. uh, if you you know if you're not taking care of your voice, if you're not you know, oh yeah, doing the right things, I mean, you know, it's not going to be your day job for much longer because eventually people are going to be like, ah, yeah. I'd rather Maybe listen to the record, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard for people who aren't vocalists or aren't musicians in general mm-hmm. to understand, like. As a singer, my body is my instrument, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah, yeah. I have to keep myself healthy yep. in order to do my job. Of course. And so, yeah, like I being on the road for 11 days, like I was making sure that I had plenty of water. I of have what I call my my vape because all of these boys vape, but I have like a personal humidifier that I use. Yeah, okay. Um, right. Yeah, so like totally can relate to that. But Love if you that, do yeah. all those things, then you're going to have a great show. And yeah, I agree. Just the precaution. Absolutely. All right. We got, we got two more. Let's do Jeremy first. All right. Um, so most listened to last year, anything Frank Ocean. Um, Love Frank I, Ocean. I like, yeah. yeah. So like my, my entire like Spotify rap was literally all nothing but Frank Ocean songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a, um, a new song that came out last year, um, going to like an R and B, um, route, uh, Lolo Zouai, one of my favorite artists, she's uh French Arabic and American, okay. and she like combines all those languages, <laughs> awesome. which is insane. Like it's very, very unique. Um, awesome. but, uh, she released a song called Gallopet. 
which okay. is a um, a French uh, dancing term. Mm-hmm. Um, but that like really w- went back to like French roots for her. It sounds like that. it starts out almost like sixties, like almost jazz type. Okay, like yeah, B like at the beginning, but it goes to R and B after. But it's really Excellent. cool. If nobody's ever heard of them, you should definitely check out Lonely Blue Eyes. Yeah, I've really I've good. I've never heard of them. I'm definitely gonna check that out. That's really cool. Yeah. And then uh, last we got our buddy Ari, and before I let Ari tell me what his favorite record is, I do have to let him know that um one of my one of my good buddies uh who has been on this show who's actually uh one of the reasons that um we've got some cool stuff going on in florida his name is justin and he's in uh, he's an out of time great band uh but he uh got me uh, a job in recruiting so uh he wants me to tell you ari to check your linkedin because because <laughs> he's uh he's trying to, he said he said and i quote Tell Ari that we've got a bunch of great front end opportunities that he'd be interested in. Oh my god! So, uh, oh my god! I did not agree to this. We're not using our check, podcast to recruit. Check your LinkedIn, man. <laughs> oh, it haunts me. <laughs> It's hilarious. My courtesy, yeah. Yeah, I was going to see this. Um, <laughs> but um, have at it, man. Let me know. <laughs> so i would say my favorite record of last year would be demi devil by ash nico yeah it was just so weird and I it was super weird day. ash nico is so weird man but um and, and that's and and you know the cool thing about that is like you know we, we've talked about it before on our podcast how tiktok is like is like oh, yeah. like, like blasting things it's like when you've got like people like Doja Cat and Ash Nico and like all of these artists who like use TikTok as the platform to get them into top 40, like yes. it blows my mind. And, 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 but I, I think that there's a, a brilliance to that because, you know, TikTok is, you know, like Gen Z incarnate. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you have to understand. And I mean, we, we, we try our best, or I shouldn't say we try our best. I should say Mikey tries his best. So but Tom it's mostly- mentioned how old he is. I'm, just as old so like <laughs> me at 35 trying to figure this out is a struggle but yeah. <laughs> actually we're trying enough, I, I talk about this all the time so i work in a massive marketing team so one of the things we talk about is like when you're making a product or anything we're making music mm-hmm. you don't get to determine your pro- you don't get to determine your marketing channel the yeah. people do mm-hmm. so wherever they're at you have to be there like yep, it's absolutely that's that, not that is 100 110% true and uh but you know um TikTok it, it's it's just a it's an incredible platform um you know especially for people that are looking to seek out like new music new interests and all that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. but uh yeah Ash Nico man my uh and and it's funny because my my wife got onto Ash Nico because of TikTok yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, now she listens to, to her and, and, um, and it's just, it's a wild thing. So, uh, I, I really appreciate you guys, um, yeah. giving me that, giving me that insight. Yeah. I always, I always love to hear, um, you know, what, what kind of drives people and what music has been making people tick. Um, mm-hmm. funny enough, uh, I, and I just wanted to, I just like felt like I had to mention this. So one of my favorite records uh, of last year, I think it might've came out the year before, but I listened to it ad nauseum is actually by a band called Gleamer. Dude, uh, I just saw them. Dude, 
they are good. They are good at banding. They're good. At- <laughs> yeah. Um, banding. But, but they, um, they put out this record called down through and it is so good. It's like a little shoegazy, a little indie, a little emo. Uh, but I, I, as soon as like, I was like, oh, we're going to be talking to Glimmers. I'm like, I should mention Glimmer and see, yeah. like, and see if like you guys could like get into a fight or something. All right, <laughs> dude, all in. One, I, two, uh, I'm ready for I, you. You know, <laughs> let me give you that two piece with the soda. Hey, yeah, there's there one Glimmer. We are plural Glimmers. That's true. Yeah. That's so. true. You have more than them. So yeah, but you know, <laughs> yeah, that. Awesome. But guys, listen, thank you so much for, for being here with us. Um, really, really awesome to get to know you guys. Really, really awesome to kind of hear a little bit more about what's to come. Really excited for the new music. Really excited for, uh, you know, what comes visually with this new music, because, you know, I know you guys worked your tails off on, uh, you know, the previous EP and, you know, making sure it was presented in a certain way. So uh, looking towards how it's going to be presented this time. Very, very excited for, um, you know, like I said, I appreciate you guys humoring us and, and, and having a little bit of chat about hockey. Um, yeah. You know, it's something that we're, we're super passionate about, but we're also passionate about, uh, you know, great music and great people uh, of which you guys are giving us uh, both. You guys are great people and you guys are giving us great music. So we appreciate you. Um, uh, at this point, I always like to kind of look up to my counterpart here and see if he has anything to say. I just have one kind of just, I don't know if it's necessarily a question, but like I think back to in the 90s, you know, when Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston were like top of the world, like killing. Yeah, like killing. And like whenever a vocalist like was trying to do like a cover of a Whitney song, a Mariah song, and they were just like, no, you don't touch that. You don't touch that. But like in our world, I feel like that's Paramore. And you guys. Are covering Paramore, like, tell me, like, what was going through your mind, like, when you did that? Were you like, are people gonna accept this, embrace this, or are they going to be like, no, you don't touch Paramore? Like, I I feel like they're at that level in our scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, for us, like, when we choose covers, and one that we do now, which is probably my favorite that we've done, is "Bad Romance" by Lady Gaga. Um, so in general, like we cover the songs that we're really passionate about and the ones that influence us. And so obviously, you know, I remember watching and it's like one specific festival that they played, but I think it was Leeds festival, um, in, in Europe. And that set just really inspired me as a performer and as a singer. And so, through my background, you know, I studied vocals um, in musical theater and like got my start there. But then they were one of the first bands in addition to Lady Gaga and Demi Lovato and, and all of those. Wow, Alex. Uh, <laughs> oh, I just noticed Jeremy too. <laughs> it's It sucked so much because I was so interested in what you were saying. It's okay. I was, and my man's just drinking wine. Look at your LinkedIn. Stop drinking wine. <laughs> They're stealing my thunder. Jeremy, I've been okay. done with mine for like minutes. I have a straw. Okay. Look at you. She's drinking white claw. I am I am so proud of you guys. I like that was just an ultimate display of togetherness. You drank a whole oh, ass yeah. boot. Good for you guys, man. <laughs> you know? I, I, I love I didn't I love my boot on the baggie. <laughs> 
But I do want to say one thing, though. I do want to say please, one thing. Please I just do. want to say one thing to clear the air because th- there's <laughs> like there's a thing going around, and like people do not believe me when I say this. <clears throat> I am allergic <clears throat> to bushes beans. To bushes just, beans. I'm putting, I'm putting that out there just so everybody. Totally knows. Anybody so, washing? So you're saying like Bush's baked beans is what you're allergic yeah. to? Okay. Oh, so, yeah. so let's you know what let let's take let's take a minute or two to just break this down because it, we might we might as well. So Bush's baked beans. So okay, yeah. all right. So are you like could you eat like uh like a scoop of like pinto or black beans? Like let's say you yeah. went to Chipotle, yeah. you could. Okay. So yeah. obviously the, what whatever you're allergic to is whatever is like in the sauce. In yes. the sauce. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, and like uh, other brands of baked beans. I could say he gets lost dude, in the sauce. It's not a problem, dude. It's like bushes. Interesting. Now, here's here's something that I'm I'm gonna just pull out of my mind here. Yeah. Um, how do you do with Chinese food? I love it. Yeah, so like doesn't bother you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause here I am thinking like maybe you're allergic to MSG because a lot of those like canned like like foods and all that kind of stuff. They put that in there as like a flavor enhancer right. preserver. Um, and I can and- drink Bush the beer. Okay, good. You're just and that's not a the, fan of Bushes. And that's the correct way to pronounce that. Also, oh, of course. It's the so we also went to the, the Bean in Chicago. He he got he got nervous. He got I was nervous. totally Ooh. nervous in Chicago. Uh, felt like I was one thing. One thing we had my tried, EpiPen though. ready and everything. <laughs> one, yeah, <laughs> one thing we haven't tried though is like you know how like some people they like get allergic reactions like with peanuts and like yes. peanut butter yeah. mm-hmm. being close to it. Mm. Like I also want to see if like if we had a can if it got close enough if he'd have a reaction, but I also don't want to figure this out. I, I don't think I'm an epipen. Can. Yeah. Okay. And well, you fried beans, all in. So like. I'm like kind of guy. If we so like if we put a can near your body, like an unopened can, do we think that it would elicit some sort of bodily response? I don't, dude. I don't know. I'm down to try. You know, uh, you know, for the thrill. (laughs) For the thrill, yeah. No, the um, there is a thrilling thing about like walking down the aisles of the supermarket and not knowing what's going to affect your body. (laughs) Um, I think that that's a um, I think that that's a real kind of thrill seeker thing like some people uh like to like you know some people like to base jump and some people like yeah. to jump out of planes and you are the kind of person that walks past beans and you, you <laughs> know, no, i like oh, beans it's just bushes dude I just uh, it's just well bushes. listen what if, if it was uh, a shrub what if it was a tree that's a that's a good point so on fourth of july beans. you just have like a panic attack walking into like Publix. Yeah. And you just the see dad bushes. you see dads everywhere with their very clean new balance shoes and you just start a cold sweat yeah that's true see tom new- also wears those I no, I wear uh, I wear Nike Air Monarchs because my yeah, I have nice. club feet and they're and they're so wide and they're the only thing <laughs> that fits my wide feet. Dude, and you want to go to the club later? I would love to go to the club. I'm that's my that's my favorite thing to do. I actually have like four pairs of them. Like I always buy them whenever they're bogos because when you know it's a bogo, it's, it's bogo. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. you, gotta, you gotta do what you, you gotta, gotta do. You gotta hop on the deals. I, I had a bogo stick when I was a kid. I got hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Buy one, get one, stick. And that, ladies and gentlemen, has been Glimmers.
<laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Alex, Alex, Jeremy, Maggie, Ari, thank you so much for doing this with us. This was a blast. This was so much fun. Thank, thank you for you, keeping friend. me laughing and engaged. We're super excited to see what is on the horizon for Glimmers in 2022. And uh, also, uh, there might be something going on uh, in June. Uh, I can't really say too much about it, but uh, there's uh, maybe a, a rumor or something that you're going to be somewhere doing a thing. Uh, we'll talk about it later. But really excited for that thing. Yeah. Did you get that thing I sent you? Oh, yes. That thing. <laughs> oh, yes. <Great>. Very excited. <laughs> awesome. Thank you again so much, guys. Really excited. And you guys have a great rest of your night. Yes. We'll see you on the other side. Thank you, you so Thank much. You. Peace. Thank, Thank you, guys. good sir. <laughs>